Hello and welcome to LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today I'm here with Jane Bell, ANAC Curriculum Development Specialist, to discuss documentation and why it is needed and why it is so critical in the nursing home. Welcome, Jane. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. I'm so happy to be here. We're glad to have you, Jane. Jane, we often receive questions about what kind of documentation is needed to support and verify the services that nurses provide to residents. Would you please describe why documentation is so critical to success in the nursing home environment? Sure, and really that's a great way to start off today's discussion because I know documentation is probably the last thing a nurse wants to think about, but it is absolutely so vital to the resident, the nurse, and the facility. And vital, you ask? How can that be? Isn't it the care we provide, the services delivered, and resident outcomes achieved that are important? Well, of course. But the one sticking point to that thought is, how are you going to prove the success, the barriers, and the outcomes? You know, there's no video or audio recordings rolling 24-7 in the nursing homes. So the proof is in the documentation. It has to tell the story. Good point, Jane. So how do you define documentation? You know, when I think about that question, defining uh, documentation, it's, it's interesting. Because first ask yourself, I'm sure you've all had scenarios or something planned or a project, and maybe it didn't go exactly like you thought it would. So you begin to use our QAA process, investigate what happened, what maybe could have been done better. And you know what is very often the answer to the question, what could we do better? communication. It's exactly what documentation is. It's communication. It's documentation that's written evidence that we interacted between, among health professionals, the residents, their families, other healthcare organizations. Documentation is the written evidence of the administration of tests, procedures, treatments, resident, caregiver, education, and most importantly, the results or the resident's response to those test procedures. Documentation is written evidence of the aspects of the nursing process and utilizes critical thinking. And as I already said, documentation paints the picture. It chronicles the events, provides a timeline, details that critical thinking, identifies risk, describes outcomes, and in this age of litigation, supports and protects the nurse and his or her license and the facility. is isn't just facilities that get sued now. The suits often name particular staff members. Documentation holds the key to regulatory compliance as well. You know when you review the text of a statement of deficiencies that you receive after a survey, how many times do you see that the documentation was lacking or did not show? 
did not support and bingo, there is the citation. So documentation can save you or sacrifice you. It sounds like documentation is very important to say the least. What would be the key characteristics to quality documentation, Jane? Well, the good news is that the nurse does not need to have advanced writing skills. They don't have to take creative writing or any kind of a writing course. In fact, documentation should be written as if an uninformed layperson will closely scrutinize it. Well, who could that uninformed layperson be thinking of litigation? It could be a jurist. They need to be able to understand your documentation. As I mentioned, there is the current regulatory legal environment. There's a zero tolerance approach for inadequate, incomplete, or lack of documentation. Remember the adages we've all heard a million times. If it wasn't documented, it was not done. If it was not documented, it did not happen. If it was not documented, it was not considered or recognized as an issue, problem, concern. Documentation is the evidence. And, you know, think about it. Assume at some later date, perhaps you, you're going to need the record to establish what you did. What happened? What did you consider? What did the resident say? Who was notified? The timing of that notification. The timing of all those events. Chronological order. So when we write accordingly, quality documentation is clear, concise, complete, accurate, timely. It outlines the nursing process. It includes the date, time, and signature and credentials of the author. And the key to all of that is the facts. Your documentation is factual, objective, timely, and complete. And how are you going to do that in the rat race of I know how busy the units are now? I know it sounds like pie in the sky, but please really consider and look at your time management as soon as possible after the observation, the assessment, the treatment, or action, the nurse needs to take the time to document. Write it as you go, if possible. It saves time to document as it happens. Your recall is better, the facts are readily at hand, and you don't have to decipher all those little scraps of paper that perhaps you had some notes on. Do it right, and the documentation will tell the story. Let's think about it this way. Three Ds. Detailed. The nursing process involves assessment. And when you do an assessment, you need to document that, giving detailed information about what you gathered. Distinct. The documentation pertains to a distinct, specific resident not just any resident, a specific resident. It matches the resident. And the third D, deliberate, meaning you complete the documentation with conscious thoughts and consideration 
as to what's being written. Another way to sum that up would be always document who, what, where, when, and how. Who provided the care, who received it? What specific care or service was delivered? Where was it provided? When was it provided? And how did the resident respond? Thank you, Jane. That is great information. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Now that PDPM is here, do you have a game plan for ongoing success? ANAC's PDPM game plan includes more than 80 pages of interactive and downloadable tools, as well as checklists and tips, all in one convenient resource. Order yours today at anac.org backslash PDPM game plan. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Jane Belt, Curriculum Development Specialist with ANAC, and covering documentation and why it is so important in nursing homes. Jane, you provided some great directions to follow so far, so let's get back into it. How can the nurse locate an outline for appropriate documentation in their facility? That's a great question, as sometimes the expectation for documentation are really not clearly spelled out. Leaders tell you that, oh, we need to document better. But what kind of help is provided? Believe it or not, and probably there'll be some rolling of the eyes, the first thing to consider is the policies and procedures for documentation. Think about it. Are expectations outlined? What abbreviations can you use? Or can you use any? If you can use them, which ones? The facility needs to have a facility-approved abbreviation list that anyone that is into documentation must have access to. Just a really quick story. One of the funniest things that happened when I was consulting and reading lots and lots of charts, I read the abbreviation LOC, all caps, LOC. I'm thinking, okay, LOC, if I'm an acute care nurse, means level of consciousness. Well, that didn't fit with the sentence. All right, well, people in long-term care do refer to LOC as level of care. Well, that didn't fit either. I finally had to ask a staff person, what does LOC mean? And you won't believe it, but this is what she told me. Laxative of choice. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that for a million years. And no, it wasn't on their approved abbreviation list. Okay, so the other things, when, you know, when I kind of got sidetracked from policies and procedures, but that every time I think of abbreviations, I think of that story. So in your policy and procedures, is there a standard process for charting? How are staff told and reminded of the policy so that it can be followed? Have you seen a copy of the policy? And then is there ongoing improvement education planned and scheduled. How often is that policy reviewed and revised if needed? And at least annually should be the norm for any policy. And how about random audits? How often are they to be conducted? And how are those results shared with the folks that are doing the documentation? Thank you, Jane. What other thoughts can nurses consider while reviewing documentation to determine if they've written a quality entry? Okay, well, Let's just look at some tidbits, and I, you know, I've kind of gone through some of this, but I'll throw in a few others. And I guess the other thing I want you all to remember is 
these tidbits apply to whether you're doing handwritten documentation or whether it's electronic documentation. First of all, think about, are you in the right chart? Are you in the right record? Document in chronological order. Start at the beginning, move on. Don't jump back and forth in the timeline. What actions did you take? What was the resident's response? Quite frankly, any kind of shift charting, you know, where there's one note for an entire shift, that really is discouraged. It is not a recommended type of documentation. Are you reading the previous documentation? Is there anything you need to follow up on? Again, state only the facts, no opinions or speculation. Think about who's reading the record, whether that's a doctor, whether it's a nurse practitioner, a therapist, a surveyor, an attorney. Think about who's reading it. And this would include even, uh, you know, we hate to think about it, but sometimes we do have adverse events. We don't like them, but they happen. And yes, we have to chart them. But again, provide the facts. Don't use accidentally or the maintenance man didn't tighten the bolt or whatever it is, just the facts. The reader will make their own conclusion based on the facts you provided. Document the resident's responses. If you can get a direct quote, put it in quotation marks. Remember facility approved abbreviations. Watch your spelling and grammar. Is it correct? Nothing worse than flashing, you know, documentation on a big overhead screen and the words are misspelled, the grammar's horrible. It looks bad for the person that wrote that note. There should be evidence that you use your senses when you're assessing, your sight, your hearing. What did you palpate? What did you touch, observe, hear, smell? If the entry is about a change in condition, the entry should be completed as soon as possible. You don't want to forget the details. And please don't forget the notifications that are required by the regulations. If a symptom was noted, the entry should indicate not only what the symptom was, but what did you do about it? And if the resident refuses care or services, the verbal, nonverbal responses should be noted. What recommendations were made? What was the resident's response to those alternate suggestions? Flow sheets, data sheets, MARs, TARs must be complete, no holes. Do you have a process to check that at the end of each shift so that those can be corrected right away while the nurse still remembers, did she do it or not? The notes should be dated, timed, signed with appropriate credentials. That's a great list of items to remember. Thank you, Jane. What about documentation for residents receiving skilled services? Well, actually, I can sum that question up rather quickly. When reading documentation in the medical record, can the reader say without hesitation, I know why this resident is being considered a skilled level of care? It's not a diagnosis. It's not a prognosis that we use in determining whether someone is skilled or not. It's the services and the skill behind those services 
remember the, the law reads, what is so inherently complex about skilled care or services that they can be performed only by or under the general supervision of skilled nursing or skilled therapy personnel. In your documentation, be sure to delineate the medical complexity of the resident and the skilled services provided. You're typically not taking care of one or two things. You're assessing a whole list. Reflect on the skilled services provided and realize that the note must be completed no less than daily. And just a couple more things when you're documenting skilled services. Obviously, one big thing is you're doing a lot of assessing, assessing of that acute medical condition. This is when you get to really be a nurse. Spell it out. The resident is at risk for because of this condition. The resident is receiving skilled monitoring on a daily basis for respiratory problems or urinary issues or shortness of breath. What? Spell it out. Include a description of delivered services, the resident's response, and your observations, facts. Sum up your teaching and training of the resident and the caregiver. Offer evidence for that provision of skilled care. Perhaps leading into that note, the resident is not medically stable as evidenced by. Don't be afraid to start off saying, this is the reason the resident's skilled, and then prove it in the documentation. Thank you, Jane. Any closing thoughts? Oh, well, you know me, give me a chance and I'll talk. Um, I know there was nothing earth shattering in what we've shared today, but the seriousness of the need for quality of documentation cannot be overstated. Ensure that the time you are spending to document provides proof for the care you are providing. Not slept well, ate well, don't waste your time. Spend time with your three Ds, detailed, distinct, and deliberate, every time. Thank you for these great tips today, Jane. This information is very helpful as nurses navigate the how and why of documentation in their role. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools on documentation and to help you in your role, please visit our website at www.aanac.org.